0: I'm Alan Hall, president of WeatherGuard Lightning Tech, and I'm here with the founder and CEO of InterStore, Phil Totaro, and the chief commercial officer of WeatherGuard Lightning Tech, Joel Saxham. And this is your Newsflash. Newsflash is brought to you by our friends at InterStore. If you need actionable information about renewable projects or technologies, check out InterStore at InterStore.com. Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners and AvantGrid announced the largest single asset tax equity financing and first large-scale offshore wind transaction in the United States for Vineyard Wind 1's project. The $1.2 billion tax equity investment was reached with JPMorgan Chase, Bank of America, and, of course, Wells Fargo. All right, Phil, there's a lot of tax equity investment happening right now in wind. What does it mean? Uh, Effectively, they are taking
1: some cash, if not all of it, up front um, in exchange for future production tax credit revenue. And uh, allowing the financiers to basically do that at a, a rate um, an inter- with an interest rate on top of it so that, you know, if they're giving um, CIP and Grid 1.2 billion in cash now, presumably they're going to be generating at least, you know, 1.8 to 2 billion in, um, you know, PTC revenue in, in the future. Uh, and so the financial institutions collect that future revenue on kind of a, an annuity basis, and the developer uh, gets cash up front to either reinvest in greenfield project development or to bolster their balance sheet.
0: Canadian electricity producer Interjects Renewable Energy has secured a $322 million tax equity investment for its 329 megawatt Boswell Springs wind project that is under construction in Wyoming. The upfront tax commitment was made by JP Morgan and Capital One, Interject said last week. The arrangement will see the investors provide cash payments as production tax credits are generated from the project over 10 years. So, Joel, it looks like they're going to receive about $420 million in, in a production tax credit over those 10 years, and they're taking in uh, from the banks about $322 million now. How are they playing this swap of tax security? In the future for income
2: now. So what this is, is uh, the 330 megawatt Boswell Springs project is going to cost about $583 million to build. Instead of having $583 million at say 7% over the course of however long that debt takes to pay off, instead of having that debt financing, they've exchanged some of that debt financing for tax equity financing, but at a different rate. Interjects will receive about 70% of the PTC income that they normally would have received and that other 30% will actually go to the financers, that would be JP Morgan and Capital One. The large thing here is as well, is when companies are going for these massive amounts of capital to build these projects, the banks are coming back to them and saying, we'll give you this money, but as collateral, we're gonna need 30% of your PTC funds for the future.
1: And keep in mind why this is happening now is, it's a combination of high interest rates are, are really driving this. Um, But also, this this trend is, in particular for onshore wind, is going to be driven by what we analyzed uh, last year and what we're actually going to be releasing next week, um, is an update to our analysis about the payback time frame for projects. Projects which started in 2020 had an average um, payback period of up to about 20 years as a result of the IRA bill driving up the production tax credit value. A lot of companies, uh, independent power producers, project developers, signed power purchase contracts that were actually for less than the production tax credit value of $26 a megawatt hour or thereabouts. Um, So for those projects, particularly anybody that's got a uh, power purchase contract below $20 a megawatt hour, their asset payback time frame is at least, you know 15 to 20 plus years. What Intergex is doing with this is they're allowing this to shorten the time frame for uh, a full um, uh, kind of return on capital, uh, they shorten the time frame that it's going to take to actually pay down the entirety of the amount spent, uh, the 583 million to, to actually build. Uh, this project in the first place. So, as Joel mentioned, this is a, a probably a clever scheme ginned up by some accountants, but it's an important um, uh, tool in the toolbox now that we have this kind of high interest rate environment, and companies are going to be able to leverage, um, you know, their their future PTC revenue um, as a um, a way to, to offset some of the upfront CapEx cost.
0: Aurora Energy Services, a Scotland-based company, has acquired Houston-based Cotech Group in its first international acquisition. Cotech provides wind turbine blade repair and maintenance services in the US and was founded in 2005. This is Aurora's fourth acquisition since launching. The deal increases Aurora's employees to about 275. Aurora expects Cotech's 100 strong workforce to triple over the next to about 300 over the next three years. Joel, this is a big move in the United States because there's there's a lot of acquisitions and movements in the ISP world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you're seeing some of the larger players starting to grab uh, companies based on, hey, we need people, we need people. Well, Kotech, one of the reasons why they're very attractive to anybody investing in that space is the simple fact that they've got operations in Brazil and in the US. If you know anything about revenue generation in the US and the Blade world, there's a large shoulder season. So... Depending on where you are, in the northern latitudes, it's worse. Southern latitudes, it's still not that good. But even, in, say, an average in the country, blade season starts mid-April and ends mid-October, end of October. And it's simply because that's when you can use chemicals. And then the winter, you get better peak uh, wind season. So you have this this curve where a lot of revenue and a lot of people are needed in the summertime, but then it kind of falls off in the winter. Well, Kotech, to fight that and to be more attractive to any investor... They also have these massive operations in Brazil, so they can move people back and forth. And even if they don't move their whole workforce back and forth between Latin America and the U.S., they still have a fairly flat revenue line. So Aurora is aiming to be a 100 million uh, pound revenue uh, energy service businesses within five years, so they're they're well on their way. So what this means for Aurora Energy Services clients is that they now have a single company that is more of a one stop shop. We've talked about this in the past. We've heard we were just up in Calgary at Canria and the uh, people on the floor talking about that it's a pain when you have to bring in fifteen different subcontractors to a site to get things done. What Aurora has done here is now they have their inspection, maintenance, repair services their actual uh, rope access access services, lifting and inspection, engineering, fabrication, and site services, and just general project services for wind now as one suite where clients can take advantage of that.